0: Welcome, you're listening to the podcast Outlander Soul, searching for the soul of Outlander with me, Dr. Jamie Reeves. And me, Reverend Terry Menifee-Gow. Just beware. there's going to be spoilers here. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Yeah, we're back. We're doing a couple episodes on faith and religion in Outlander. So, um, no, we've kind of been talking about that the entire time in some ways. But we haven't explicitly called it out, right? No, no, we haven't. We, I mean, we have talked about... Jamie's Catholicism. We've talked about you know kind of inner yeah, inner spiritualities and prayers, and we talk about call, yeah, yeah, Rogers Presbyterianism, and you know right. that kind of stuff. But we haven't really kind of sort of zoomed out, as it were, and, and looked at how faith and how religion is depicted in the series, and the way in right. which different characters live it out, and some of the questions that they seem to have, and how that. How the series as a whole presents that world. Um, Yeah. So we thought we should probably do that, actually. We should probably talk about this, Mm. (laughs) since we are um, supposed to be talking about this. (laughs) Looking for the soul of Outlander, where we take the religion, religion, theology, and spirituality of the series seriously, (laughs) and the role it plays in its (laughs) fans' lives. Yeah, Yeah. we should probably talk about this. We should probably do that. So
1: where should we start? So a lot of this revolves around the the relationship. Everything revolves around the relationship between Jamie and Claire. But but the foundations of a lot of this have to do with everyone's faith tradition. And everything gets discussed here. It's a rare bird out there that in, in the outlander world that doesn't have some type of faith affiliation.
0: Yeah, yeah, I do think it's really interesting that, I mean, so I I think, you know how you're not quite dreaming, but you're in kind of a dream-like state and you start thinking about things and, so, and suddenly I was like, if we ever had the opportunity to interview Diana, what would the questions be? I have no idea where this sort of thought came from or what dream I had had or whatever that got me in this mode, but I was thinking... <laughs> Would I start with the, I don't know if anybody listens to, or if you listen to On Being, uh, which used to be speaking of faith, Krista Tippett, but she always starts that podcast or that episode uh, when she's interviewing people with, so tell me about the spiritual background of your childhood kind of thing. So I I think I would really want to ask Diana, kind of tell me about how you were raised and what you know how do you perceive the world religiously you know we know she's catholic but i think because that this is an important part of the series because it's reflecting her own view of the world in some way or the way in which these things don't just come out of nowhere right
1: no and that's the as a writer i accept the fact that i am all the characters i write yeah. They all come yeah. out of me. So even the bad characters, even the evil ones, they're all an aspect of who I am. Mm-hmm. And so when people when people go, "So is that you in the series?" I'm like, "Well, yeah." Yeah. A- and yeah. so is that. And so is that. And so is yeah. that. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's so, you know, she is just as much Tom Christie as she is Jamie, as she or is Blackjack. Or Blackjack. <laughs> Yeah, or yeah. you know, you know, or Stephen Bonnet, or yeah. or or Brie, or, Bree or yeah. you know, so she, all of these come from her, yeah. and so they they are coming from a certain context and a certain point of view. Mm-hmm. Even if she can step outside and look at the other point of view, she's still the fish in the water who who doesn't really consider the water around it. So she yeah. she's still that, and I I think that that's an excellent question to say, you know, mm-hmm. what is it about you? Mm-hmm. that you've put into this particular novel, into yeah. this particular story.
0: Yeah, and your own views of faith and religion. Because, of course, you'd read some books. I mean, I, I just finished um, The Testaments, so the continuation of Handmaid's Tale, Margaret Atwood. Oh, wow. I'm just sitting there going, wow. You know, like, so then I would love to ask that question of Margaret Atwood, too, of kind of, you know, how do you perceive religion? Because, obviously, there's some good, like, she's... She knows what to critique. So there's, you know, I think it's just a, it's an interesting question of kind of where the author's own influences come in, because the way in one of the things that we want to talk about is the way in which kind of there's a anti-dogmatism, there's an anti-strict or conservatism sort of approach to religion in this series, which I think would probably be be reflective of Diana's probably own personal view. So, yeah, I think it's worth maybe starting there. It's almost a binary, really, of kind of... Yes, there is. Faith versus religion in some ways, the way in which people talk about that sometimes. Right,
1: right. I mean, and and so Jamie is extremely religious. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But he, you know, if you were to compare him to somebody like Father Bain... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're, you're going to... She, she does have a very strong dogma versus spirituality kind yeah. of bent to her yeah and and this whole series has that where she she tends to raise up and to create characters that are sympathetic yeah that have got s- deeper spirituality and deeper meaning and syncretized spirituality many of yeah. them have got a spirituality that's complicated yeah. And, and they're still trying to deal with, rather than the dogma of Tom Christie or Father Bain or
0: Hiram Hiram uh, the, yeah. on the Ridge. I can't remember Hiram's last name, but yeah, yeah. So, and it's it's interesting though, as I'm kind of thinking about that. The villains in this sh- in I was about to say in the show in the in the books aren't religious. They're quite amoral, and they're quite. A religious, I mean, probably atheistic in some ways too, but they, they are their own gods in that way. But it's these other characters, these side characters, that are just horrible or missing. You know, like you just—I mean, Tom Christie isn't horrible, but he's just—he's missing something. He's missing something, and And he's hard to really identify with, and he's hard to. They're yeah. legalistic and they're they're playing by a set of rules that they believe yeah.
1: exist. Yeah, and it's it's the dogma they believe these. If you play by these rules, and you yeah. know this is we having having been raised in the mm-hmm. Southern Baptist mm-hmm. tradition, I, <laughs> I I recognize these folks, and I'm yeah, guessing that I'm guessing that Diana recognizes them too.
0: Yeah, um, being yeah, raised in so. the
1: Catholic tradition, and I'm I'm guessing that people in every faith.
0: Tradition. Yeah, these folks exist in every tradition. Every tradition. It's not tradition. just one. No. Yeah. Yeah, so we think there is this really interesting contrast that's set up that's not... Yeah, maybe it is explicit. It, in some ways it does feel quite explicit to me, but I think it's because I'm paying attention to that. But in the context of this kind of... An author that's written this in the 20th and 21st century, with the rise of kind of the spiritual but not religious, and the way in which people now are saying you know i'm not interested in institutional religion but i do have a personal right. spirituality that kind of stuff it seems like these characters that are in 18th century um or 20th century still are also abiding by that kind of same worldview they may still participate in institutional religion in some extent but that is not the be-all and end-all and they are not dictated by that as opposed to the characters that we are less Connected with like Father Bain and right and right. Hiram and yeah, right, yeah. right. So let let's talk a little bit about religion
1: and spirituality in practice. Yeah. So you've got Jamie who's Catholic and Claire who's Catholic, Frank who's mm-hmm. who's Catholic, just a name only. Yeah. Bree, yeah, Bree is Catholic as well, mm-hmm. and like nobody ever goes to mass.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody ever goes. No, no. Well, I mean, so. Yeah, I mean Claire goes to the perpetual adoration in, but that's not mass. Yeah, again, there's a kind of rhythm of spirituality, but it's not in any kind of traditional sense whatsoever. No, no, it, it's it seems to be either extraordinarily personal, like in
1: Claire's mm-hmm. case, where mm-hmm. this is something that she does for herself only. She doesn't share this with Bree. No. She doesn't share this with Frank. She doesn't this isn't even... the get all dressed up and go to church
0: on Sunday morning kind of thing. Right,
1: and yeah. she she rarely she rarely shares this even with Jamie.
0: Yeah, that's um, true. she
1: she has moments where Jamie asks for her to bless him. Mm-hmm. And and for, you know, a prayer with her or something of, of that nature, like when they first had, you know, built their house on the ridge, the prayer yeah. to bless the house. But that's extraordinarily personal to her. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, you know, very indicative of a 20th century understanding and a 21st mm-hmm. century understanding of tradition and religion and faith and spirituality. Mm-hmm. So here's here's my take on that. I think that Diana is saying that we really aren't that much different than we mm-hmm. were 18 century 200 years ago we're not that much different that there yeah. are people who believe something sort of maybe yeah and then there are people who have a spirituality a deeper connection mm-hmm. to something that's mysterious and they don't understand it but mm-hmm. it's there and so they put a name on it yeah and it's still important to them even though they can't name it yeah right yeah. and then there are people who who use that for you know Mm -hmm. personal gain and for power and for what have you there are there are people who use things because they're afraid or who are Mm. who really are trying to take something from someone else yeah yeah so you know i i think that we're not that different that people are still the same yeah and that they're clearly we she is setting up a universe that reflects us here today much like she's setting up a universe then that reflects us here today
0: yeah kind of the cultural ways in which that gets expressed might be slightly different. But I think that ultimately, yeah, I agree. I think it is the same. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What you've got in the 18th century and previous is that entire towns were mm-hmm. Protestant or Catholic mm-hmm. in Europe. If you belong to this town, you were likely Protestant or Catholic because you belonged to that town.
0: It <laughs> still exists in Northern Ireland, but yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm saying that yeah. that's... Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, what changes with the American Revolution and the Age of Enlightenment is this idea of more of a per- personal spirituality. Yeah. is more of a personal faith. It's more of yeah. a we can be a community without having to all sign on to this one tradition. Yeah. And, and, and that shifts even over the last 200 years. To yeah. be extremely personal, as in you don't talk about it even. You go mm. to a party, and what do you not talk about? Religion and politics. politics. and religion, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so it, it becomes so personal and to, that we put it in our constitution <laughs> that we will not discriminate or we will not benefit based upon somebody's religious tradition. Yeah. And it's become extremely individual. And so you've got Claire, who's coming from... Uh, A time she's coming from from the UK but Mm -hmm. you know coming from a time that believes in that kind of individual Mm
0: -hmm.
1: individuality going into the 18th century that was just on the verge of it yeah and I think that Jamie is is free to express his faith or tradition among the people that he's around
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: talk about it but Claire is seems to be very personal about what her she believes
0: well, and that makes her more dangerous. There's that whole idea of, you know, w- with the snake bite episode where, you know, <laughs> Jamie's telling Roger to take care of Claire because I've been her protection. I'm I'm you know, I'm a leader, I can pretty much say or do what I want to, but she can't. She she can't being the Lone Ranger that she is around this spirituality, she'll get called a witch and, and right. that's just what'll happen. Yeah. But I think too, it helps
1: Claire's perspective and her Um, Having lived in the United States and and perspective helps on the ridge. So what you have historically when people come to the United States and then they they start moving west, Mm -hmm. you have this thing called frontierism where people go out west with their own traditions. They're coming Mm -hmm. from Germany. They're coming from England. They're coming from France. They're coming from all over the world to the to the colonies Mm -hmm. and they're moving west they're expanding west but they're Mm -hmm. also bringing their traditions with them and they're Mm -hmm. creating communities but they're not Mm -hmm. creating the communities around the faith
0: Mm
1: -hmm. they're creating communities around survival yeah that this is a this is a crossroads a trades area kind of like the beardsley's trading post and Mm -hmm. was it brownsville what was it yeah yeah Yeah. yeah Brownsville, they create this this place that is necessary for trade and it is an opportunity for people to continue surviving out mm. in the frontier. And they have to look past somebody's religious tradition. They have to look past that. They mm-hmm. have to be inclusive of that. And I think, honestly, I think help, Claire helps with that. It becomes more of a, I, I don't want to say convenience. mm because it's not convenient. <laughs> it's not, sometimes it's really not, yeah. but it it is a, an opportunity to practice tolerance in a way that they may not have been able to in Europe.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. Well, and and just the sheer diversity of folks as right. well. You you know, kind of makes it impossible to do anything else because you gotta buy the. supplies from this person and you need this person to be able to do this for you or whatever the case may be so being isolationist isn't isn't really an option Um, right
1: right because it's it's it would be dangerous to do so
0: mm, and so that's mm.
1: you know bringing somebody like the Quakers Mm. into the fold and allowing Ian to marry Rachel yeah to get to that point because that would never have happened Mm -hmm. in
0: book one Mm -mm. no it wouldn't no no
1: but, by book eight,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what do we have? we have We have huge differences. We have huge we've seen an arc of of we're fighting on the fields of Culloden mm-hmm. because of our Catholic tradition and wanting a Catholic on the throne. This is a religious war to yeah. a war that is not a religious war, specifically. Yeah. but a war to allow us to practice whatever we wish
0: yeah i mean you could argue that both were self-determination but it yeah but it's but it's different in the sense of self-determined by a kind of monoculture versus self-determination by a diverse culture so yeah it it is it's different um, well, I'm I thinking, too,
1: that. of the language of Bonnie Prince Charles, yeah. the language that
0: he is chosen by God. Chosen by God. To sit he's been appointed. Throne, it's right? his divine right. Right. That divine right of king's language, which he's grown up with and I'm sure has been indoctrinated into. Again, you know, water that you fish swim in. He's, he's there. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah and it's used to great effect to rally
1: the troops right yeah yeah and you don't really see that as much in diana's writing
0: Mm. i mean yeah
1: it's definitely actually in a lot of the writings of the forefathers and the the Mm. american um fathers except except of course maybe thomas jefferson although he does say that it is the right of you Mm -hmm. know humans to be able to to do this. He was much Mm -hmm. more humanist than anything. But you don't see that as often in Diana's writings about the rallying cry.
0: No. No, you're right. You don't. Yeah. No. I mean, we so we talked kind of about the, all, none of the characters attend church or mass regularly, that kind of stuff, but but there is a bit of a shift that I think is important before we kind of move on, where we had been talking about this previously and, and you'd brought that up, so I think it's important for us to make oops, sorry, to make sure that we say, is that as the settlement on the ridge takes hold, we start to see that church arise with Roger yeah. As the minister. And so they do go to church fairly regularly by the end of things. Well, before,
1: Brie before and Roger, Roger and... go back.
0: Yeah. yeah. So by a breath of snow and ashes. Yeah. He's holding he's holding church services. He's holding church services and Claire and Jamie go. I mean, they can't not go <laughs> 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 because what would that say? <laughs> But that whole, there's that whole scene where the snake gets loose in in the in in the church service. That I just, I always think I grew up listening to Ray Stevens. Oh yes, um, so I always think about the Mississippi Squirrel Tent revival. And everybody gets the Holy Spirit because the squirrel runs <laughs> up your leg, and so I do think of that every time I uh, hear that. But it, it, but you have a community <laughs> who are, who are congregated for worship. Now whether or not they're actually worshiping is another question. But you know that that's the purpose is for everybody to come together and to be a community and to hear you know, a good speak word and talk to God and hear a good word and you know do and sing together and and who yeah. is there?
1: So who is who is in that?
0: tradition so you've got catholics you've got
1: lutherans yeah you've got some presbyterians Presbyterians. yeah you know i'm thinking there's probably a couple of atheists in there somewhere probably i don't really believe
0: this but i can't not come yeah (laughs)
1: yeah um and and so you know you've got this kind of ragtag team of people who just want to get together and mm-hmm. and think spiritually about something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Roger's kind of their leader i think mm-hmm. what's really cool though is is the conversation Roger has first with Jamie mm-hmm. and then with Bree mm-hmm. about seeking ordination and that he goes to a catholic to talk yeah. about <laughs> whether his or not his ministerial he call yeah to yeah. really kind of clarify his call mm-hmm. and i find that kind of well, I mean, it, it wouldn't be unusual for him to do that, but mm. Jamie kind of calls it out and says, "But I'm a Catholic. Where are you asking me this kind yeah, of thing?" Yeah, exactly. It doesn't bother Roger at all to come to him, and I, I think that he comes to him before he comes to Bree.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And but Bree has to ask too. Is it going to be a problem? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be a problem for you
0: mm-hmm. if
1: I'm Catholic? Do I have to convert?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do have that conversation. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, there's almost kind of two levels on that. So so there is this the perception that Jamie is perhaps the most religious. Of the characters in the sense of a traditional, yeah, the way in which he exhibits it just seems to be, he's much more adherent, I guess, to traditional ways of thinking. His his insistence that the child be baptized by a priest at the gathering, you know, right, that right. you must be married by a priest, you know, that kind of stuff, yet at the same time... Uh so for yeah so I guess what I'm saying is so Roger going to a catholic most traditionally you know religiously catholic in the in the whole story but then also Jamie is his laird and and so he needs to have, you know, that same situation that would have been the case in 18th century Scotland of or in just in the England and the British Isles in general is if you do go into ministry, you are basically to become a, the parish priest. And so there is the aristocrat, the laird, the lord, whoever who kind of owns that land, who's going to be your patron. And so you approach that person to say, I would like to lead our people. Um, right. And then that person pays for you to get your training and send you on and does that thing. Um, so in some ways, he's kind of just doing what you would normally do in that world anyway. Right. But so there's kind of a layer, I guess. Uh, there, yeah, there's two sort of things happening there, I think. So, right. Yeah. And he is seeking he's seeking out a spiritual advice, but also seeking mm-hmm. out permission
1: yeah. to be able to do this thing and getting his blessing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I would I, I wonder what would have happened just out of curiosity because mm. you know if I had you know if it, it just I wonder what would have happened if Jamie had said no yeah. if Jamie had said no I don't think so Roger you know yeah. would he have still sought it out or would Roger have just crumpled right there yeah. and and just said okay I guess not
0: yeah if Jamie had called him a heretic and all that yeah I mean and seriously like <laughs> He certainly <laughs> called him a heretic, but he you know, there's been a bit, a bit of a joke about it, but yeah, yes, yes.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> a heretic, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah yeah, but I, th- I think it starts, mm-hmm. so I think it starts with the necessity mm-hmm. of them getting married, and they end up having to get married, not by a priest,, yeah. but by a Presbyterian minister. yeah, by a Protestant minister. yeah and, and so this is this is what I mean about frontierism. Mm-hmm. if you if you are way out in the middle of nowhere. And there's only the Beardsley's Trading Post and Brownsville and that's yeah. it around you. And there's no yeah. church. There's no steeple anywhere. No. And you're, you're desperate to get married. What are you going to do?
0: What are your options?
1: Yeah. yeah. What are your options? You've got three new children and you must see them baptized because that's your tradition and that's the right mm-hmm. in your faith. What do you do? Mm -hmm. And so you start seeing people get ordained without training Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or people getting trained, you know, by one person in a church Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and that person then ordains you, you start seeing just for the convenience or for the necessity, I guess that's the better word, it's not convenience, just for the necessity of being able to marry people, bury people and baptize them. Yeah. And so yeah. you're, you're sometimes getting theology and church that may or may not be based in any kind of traditional theology. You start getting some new theology popping up. You start getting some new understandings, and some of it is really wonderful. Some of it is tolerance. Some of it is, you know, let's all get along. Some of it is we need to be, you know, watchful for all of our brothers and sisters out here, no matter what tradition they are. And then Mm. some of it is really not. Some of it Mm. is fairly dogmatic and becomes its own horrible tradition. And we see it too, we see it here, we see it we see the difference and and Diana, you're right at the beginning, Diana draws a very mm-hmm. strong line between those who practice their faith from a place of giving and love and growth and creation, and yeah. those who practice their faith in a place of desolation,
0: yeah, yeah, and dogma and yeah. right, right, yeah, and so. Hiram Crombie, that's his last name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember cringing when he decides to become a missionary to the to the Native Americans. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it just, I guess, and for to have written that, going back to kind of the original point, to have written that, then there has to be an awareness that there's there's something going on there that is cringe worthy. That this isn't the way in which, <laughs> I mean, because the way it, it is written to kind of go, oh, Hiram, that's not a good idea. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's interesting.
1: And yet those types of things did happen. Oh, they happened Obviously. all the time. Obviously, the those time. types of things did happen. And so she, she pulls those out and and tries to... You know, mm-hmm. help us to see that there is a difference. I mean, even with some atheism that's in here. So you've got so many traditions that are represented in this. So many different religions that are represented mm. in this. But, but she, she draws a line between people who are coming at their questions, their disbelief, from a, a good place rather than a bad place. Yeah. So you, you've got, you know, Blackjack Randall. Who's yeah. coming at this from, you know, really dark place. A yeah. place of desolation and destruction.
0: Yeah. Um yeah. but you've got Lord John
1: Gray, who is who's kind of like
0: the, you know Equally kind of agnostic or, you know, but not
1: Yeah. But but and, and but they're coming from very similar yeah. backgrounds. Yeah. They're they're yeah. both men who have different uh tastes for the time. Mm-hmm that they both have got at least tastes for men mm. and they both have uh, eschewed their faith or eschewed mm-hmm. any type of faith in god mm. you know coming from that place but one has chosen a very different path where yep. lord and lord john gray still comes from a place of love yep. honor respect kindness and creative just this 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 whole this whole beauty of him trying to save not just his friends but his men mm. and and
0: their families i mean it would be interesting <laughs> i mean i'm kind of paying attention to their names so literally black jack randall and lord jaunt gray Gray, but uh, what yeah. shade of gray and i think visually i've always thought a really light shade of gray yes and I it, have so to. as we're kind of talking about those two two characters it's really quite interesting i think to think about them as as almost polar opposites in this in this way yeah um, yeah and I, I huh. think
1: that they would probably on paper have the same kind of understanding of this mm. thing that we call the divine but in practice obviously two very different
0: human beings yeah yeah, yeah. and and yeah and motivations being also really different completely too. So, different yeah yeah huh that's really interesting wow so
1: I guess that gets into some issues with like morality
0: yeah yeah I think it does yeah yeah
1: and 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 where the morality comes from where mm. where where their where your choices and ethic actually mm. come from
0: mm. yeah i mean so you kind of started talking well we talked i feel like we've talked about frontierism in another episode sometime maybe yeah. in season yeah. one, but it is kind of well so there's a it's a british phrase i mean it might be scottish too i don't know but around a kind of make do and mend and and i think that's kind of what we're talking about it's, it's a it's a make do and mend religion in the sense of you just kind of you do the best with what you can or w- with what you've got and then it's also a make it work for you kind of idea so when it comes down to morality as well we, and i think we talked about Jamie in the context of frontierism before about this, but yeah, Jamie being really as as I said a minute ago, he's you know kind of the most overtly religious of of the main characters at least in a, in any kind of traditional sense, but yet he thieves, smuggles, thieves, yep. he thieves, he thieves, he's, <laughs> he's a stealer. Whatever
1: we call it. <laughs> He steals. He's a thief. <laughs> he, he's, he thieves. I guess he that's thieves. a word. Yeah, he thieves. Well, that disconnect
0: with thieving. I, I mean, I, I, so, yeah, okay. So, yeah, he... <laughs> Thievery, smuggling, lying, deceiving, you know? And we, we, we understand all of those things that he does. We support him in those decisions. We think that those are all good things for that period of time but obviously it's a kind of situational ethic it's a it's not a situation where we say well this is wrong in all situations and a lot of dogmatic folk would would say you just can never do that you
1: never steal you just yeah. don't you you, you never do that steal but but the then with you yeah. present them with somebody like robin hood yeah you know yeah. so so this is it, it's particularly at the beginning they're stealing cattle mm-hmm. that's how they that's how they meet yeah. claire that yeah. they're they yeah. they were stealing cattle they they were caught they were running away from the british and she's like so you, you, it's okay to do that and they're like yeah it's okay to do that these are the english we need to have the cattle <laughs> you know yeah. they were hungry so you could talk about contextual mm-hmm. spirituality right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you can talk about you know whether or not this is working for me like it's okay for me to sleep with someone else even though I'm married because my yeah. husband is a drunk and beats me. Yeah. 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 None of these things are okay unless they are.
0: Or it's it's okay to, you know, marry and sleep with a man 2 centuries from now because your husband doesn't really exist. like him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and Claire struggles with the whole adultery question, but the right. way in which the entire series is written is we celebrate that choice she made. We celebrate yeah. the fact that that <laughs> happened. And, it, you know, in a series where we're looking at faith and religion, the very fact that we are celebrating something that most religious folks would say, yeah, that's not a good thing, I think is probably case in point of what we're say- what we're talking about. Well, I mean, Jamie kills
1: a lot yeah.
0: of people. He
1: does, and and not just in the setting of war. No. Sometimes he he just goes out and kills someone mm-hmm. because they needed to die. I mean, when they go, he and Roger and Ian go yeah. and clear out the the group of people that kidnapped Claire. Yeah, it, it is as if they're cutting a tumor out of of mm-hmm. the the ridge. They're they're mm-hmm. saying this is a place that this does not need to exist anymore. Yeah, yeah. We we're we're going to rid us of this, and and Ian does the same. Ian, whenever mm-hmm. he kills Tom Christie's son, yeah, yeah, uh, he's like some people need to die. Yeah, he didn't deserve to live. Yeah. He didn't deserve to live. Yeah, some some folks just need to to go. Yeah. and and he becomes the judge and juror d- yeah. the judge and jury there and and takes him out and and i will say in some cases that is somewhat convenient morality and it's the same morality that was so let's talk about Dietrich Bonhoeffer a little bit
0: <laughs> all right all right where are you going come on
1: i'm i'm going to the letters and um from prison letters yeah and letters and papers from, from, prison.
0: from prison yeah so dietrich bonhoeffer just quick intro was He was Lutheran, wasn't he? He was Um, Lutheran. Lutheran in Germany, pre-Second World War. Trained, though, he went to Union Theological Seminary in New York to do some of his theological training. Took real interest in social justice, way of understanding faith. Started asking questions about the role of violence, uh, nonviolence, peace, that kind of stuff within faith. And then the war happened. So he had a... Yeah, there was an evolution in his own thought. He got involved in a plot to kill Hitler, was caught and put into prison and wrote and killed in prison, but wrote uh, his letters and papers from prison. So I think he was he had his own school in Germany Mm -hmm. and
1: tried Mm -hmm. to run the school. And that was one of the ways he he ended up they ended up shutting down the school, I believe. And he and he was then told he had to become a chaplain. Mm. So he entered the German forces in World War II as the chaplain. and mm-hmm. And his questions about whether or not it was right to kill Adolf Hitler mm-hmm. were were kind of the biggest questions. He never answers this. Mm. and And we never really know for sure whether or not he was involved in the plot to kill Hitler. Mm-hmm. but he he questions whether or not it's better, morality wise, ethically, mm-hmm. ok. Mm-hmm for him and you know looking back on it in 2020 you can say yeah sure you know and, and this you know yeah. mm-hmm. it, even in, even in my conversation or the conversation you and I had about time travel that's the thing everybody wants to do yeah, yeah. they want go to go back
0: <laughs> and kill baby hitler yeah go
1: back and kill baby hitler yeah. and so he had the he had the opportunity to kill Hitler in his hands, mm-hmm. and he was a Lutheran minister. Mm-hmm. And so the question, you know, the question is, is, was it okay? And and I think that this is a question that Jamie and Ian do not struggle
0: with. No. Well, they go ahead and do it. They might wrestle with it later. Or, you know, right. they might have an initial kind of hesitation. So I don't think they, they agonize over it, necessarily. But... I think they don't kill people unnecessarily. Let's put no, it that way. There's, there's obviously, yeah, there's reasons to do it. I'm just thinking the where it's in Voyager and it's after Ian has killed somebody before they leave Scotland. And so Jamie takes him to the church so he can, you know, confess his sins and he can deal with the, the kind of stain on his conscience that he's taken someone's life. And then he later, you know, he really struggles with Archbug and, Right, and that situation, too, so he knows that it needed to he knows that he didn't well he had a choice, and he feels that he made the right choice, but doesn't mean that it doesn't still haunt him right, if that makes sense i i don't what i'm what I mean is I don't think they struggle much with the
1: choice, no, and I don't no. think they have the convenience in this time period to do that, yeah, it's what Jenny says whenever she and Claire have the uh, British officer mm-hmm. with them. The the, or the British not officer. He's not an officer. The British soldier that mm-hmm. they that Jenny kills. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, oh no, we've got to kill him. We can't let him go. Yeah, there's yeah. there's that that's it, it's it's she's she knows it's going to stain her. She knows it's going to be a thing. She, mm-hmm. But she, but she's like, there is no choice here, and you don't yeah. have the luxury of mm-hmm. choosing. They're in a place
0: that's so dangerous. You don't have that luxury. Mm. And in the midst of all that. In this series, then you have the Quakers who come yeah. along and say, and then you have Ian marrying a Quaker, <laughs> and so you've got this situation where Ian is 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 even in the series called a man of blood, and then he marries Rachel, who is committed to to nonviolence, is committed to pacifism, and I think it's brilliant of Diana to have basically set up this kind of moral conundrum, and you've got. <laughs> couple in which this moral conundrum is constantly sort of there and how how do you deal with that and ian ian changes as a result but he still is a man of blood he doesn't he shifts he thinks about it he realizes oh rachel isn't gonna like this you know whatever the case may be but yeah i just I, i think it's great that that diana doesn't tie this all up in a neat little bow it's interesting too that that Ian, his first
1: wife Emily, mm. he changes everything for.
0: Mm-hmm. He
1: he absolutely becomes literally a, mm. a different person.
0: Yeah, he yeah.
1: he he adopts a different tribe and he becomes a member of that tribe. For yeah. her. But with Rachel, he says, I cannot. It was a huge step of maturity mm-hmm. to say, I cannot change who I am. I cannot mm-hmm. shift who I am.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I am this man of blood. And you mm-hmm. need to know this. Can you marry someone like me? Can you be mm-hmm. with someone like me? Mm. Um, mm. And that's going to be a question, I think, in the next book. Yeah. I think that's probably setting up some really good conflict there. And I think you're right because there'll Mm -hmm. be more battles and there will be more bloodshed and in every book, there's some with you.
0: (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. you know,
1: there's going to be, there's going to be something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you also have, I mean, it's not, they're not, they're not as main characters, but Dennis and Dottie, Dottie, the daughter of a general, like, you know, she is. And then Dennis, the Quaker surgeon who's trying to, preserve people in the midst of war
1: well and roger's choice to become a minister Mm
0: -hmm. means
1: that he doesn't fight
0: yeah being Um, a non-combatant yeah
1: right right except that jamie looks at him and says you know i fought side by side with priests Mm -hmm. so so Mm -hmm. this is this doesn't actually get you out of this (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. however Mm -hmm. it, it you know they before he can take those orders he they they leave and they go back to the 20th century and he, he he does not have to worry so much about that
0: anymore. Until Just abortion. yet. Just yeah. yet. Yeah.
1: yeah. Next we'll book. See what happens next book. Next Diana, book. come
0: on, on man. Diana. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Wow. Okay.
1: Does this feel like in a good place to stop? This feels like a great place to stop. So, what we had originally planned with this conversation is to kind of walk through the different traditions and faiths, as well as talk about the the difference between faith and Religion and how Diana depicts that mm-hmm. in the series. but we realized it was a lot like the justice mercy, vengeance uh, forgiveness. conversation, forgiveness mm-hmm. conversation that this really is a big mush of mm-hmm. stuff that diana has has given us, and it's it's complicated. It's not. Mm-hmm an easy thing to kind of, you know, extract, pull out, dissect, and diagram. You, hmm. you you can't really, you could, but I think it would lose some of the beauty if yeah, you were to do that. Yeah, the life
0: and the imagination, yeah. Right, yeah, I agree. and mm-hmm. so I,
1: I, I love the conversation that Jamie and I are having that kind of weaves all this together. Mm-hmm. So we are going to stop here mm-hmm. and continue this conversation, pick it up next time talking again a little bit about faith and a little bit about how that plays out in the lives of these characters and Mm -hmm. you know we've recently just I mean we just talked about ethics and things but that'll
0: probably color it a little bit too Mm -hmm. but just to let you know this conversation is not over no no we'll talk a little bit about mother hildegard and some of the other characters that show up in the tv so- or in the tv show in the book series but also i think it's we also need to kind of mention the way in which in- uh, other faiths besides christianity get talked about in the series and kind of where that works and maybe where it doesn't as well but i think covering those things would be important so yeah yeah cool yep cool so we'll see you next time that's it for this episode of Outlander Soul. Thanks for listening. If you love what we do, a review, especially on iTunes, but wherever you get your podcasts would be really appreciated because it helps people to find us.
1: If you listen and like what you hear, please consider supporting us financially. Just click the support us button at our website on outlandersoul.com. There's lots of ways to donate either via Patreon or PayPal and every little bit helps.
0: Also, we love hearing your comments, questions, and ideas for the show. So we'd like for you to join in the conversation so you can reach us through our website, through email, voice memos, or social media on Facebook, Twitter, or Tumblr.
1: You can also contact us straight by email, outlandersoulpodcast at gmail.com, all lowercase, all one word. Or you can visit our website at outlandersoul.com and fill in the
0: contact form. Thanks again, everyone. Bye.